0: the jungle VIP. i and had to stop and that's what's Look at this me. stuff. Isn't it neat?
1: Call. Hello and so welcome. You're listening to, to Mouse Madness, a and podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best follow us and play along on twitter at mouse madness pod or send us an email at mouse madness podcast at gmail.com kyle we're back back talking music videos uh last episode was super fun and i I, we we normally i mean have a few people like reach out to us that they like the, the topics but i feel like we had like double the normal number of people be like yo i'm down with this down with this bracket this is a good idea
0: It's always funny when we when we do these kind of like random ones, the kind of off the wall, you know, not typically what you would think maybe as Disney or even remember that these types of things exist, like these music videos, people tend to really like them. And uh, we also got a ton of great feedback on our guest host. And Raymond is back for this part, two. Raymond, thank you so much for joining us Uh, in this few days that we've had in between recordings. Um, Have you been able to reflect on any of the music videos, any of the choices maybe that we made? Um, Because I don't know if you saw the Instagram comments, but there were some people that were rooting on Jump5 and Michael Bolton.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm not on Instagram, but I do appreciate all the love that you guys have given this. This is very, very fun for me. I think that what's done is done. I'm still having some hard feelings about the climb, but I will be okay, and we will continue on today.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we will continue on today. And as we do with every single episode, we bring with us a spoonful of sugar. So Chris, what are you drinking today?
1: Uh, So if y'all haven't been keeping up with the podcast, uh, I am moving across countries. So I am on a mission to drink all the alcohol that's left in my apartment. And uh, I, I'm I'm kind of like, I don't know, taking the easy way out and like doing all the beers first (laughs) before I just start like uh, (laughs) binge drinking all of the hard alcohol that I have in this cabinet up here in the loft. But uh, I found a city island from Bronx Brewery. It's a sour IPA, very orangey. And it was in the back of my refrigerator. Now... I remember this being like a really tasty beer when I, when I reviewed it for the first time. I think it was during our Grogu episode, maybe. Okay. And like, it's not as good as I remember <laughs> it for some reason. And I don't know if that's just because like, it's not as good as I remember. Or my fridge has this like rubber like seal, uh-huh. you know, that like keeps the cold in and it's kind of busted. So like pretty much all of my things in my fridge are like not as cold as they should be. Mm. But I'm moving in like three weeks, and it's like, do I bother like <laughs> calling someone and be like, "Yo, fix my little rubber fridge sealant"? Uh, so it's kind of frustrating, and uh, it has affected the quality of of my beer. So,
0: well, has that beer been sitting in there since December?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It has. Oh, does then- be- I thought beer has like a shelf life of like a couple years?
0: Uh I don't know about that long. I don't know about your temperature going up and down either. Yeah, that definitely doesn't help the quality.
1: Yeah, does it help? That does it hurt that I unplug my fridge whenever I go out of town for like a couple weeks? (laughs) Um, Does that do anything to the beer?
2: Oh, dairy! You're good. Beer's not dairy.
1: Okay, okay. That's what I thought. Uh, And like, because beer is alcohol, doesn't it like kill all the bacteria (laughs) like that might grow inside of it? Yeah, Yeah, totally. No, totally. That's that that makes sense to me.
0: Yep. Keep testing it.
1: Um, anyways, we'll see if I finish the episode. Um, <laughs> Kyle, what do you got?
0: Um, I'm like in between trips right now. Last episode, I was on vacation. I'm back for a few days and then I'm going back on vacation. So I didn't really have a chance to you know, go out and get anything. And I really want to get back into making cocktails on this podcast and trying out new, new uh, cocktail recipes and making up my own. So One of these days, hopefully in the next month, I'll be able to start doing that again. But I'm just drinking a a Modelo, actually. We had Modelo's in the fridge, uh, and I thought that would sound very refreshing, and it is because it's still warm today. So I'm really enjoying this Modelo out of my spoonful of sugar mug. Very excited to be back home (laughs) for a little bit. Uh, Raymond, what are you drinking this week?
2: Um, I spent today kind of in the sun, and so I'm very tired, but I'm also not because I got cold brew today. (laughs) <laughs> so it's regular cold brew, throwing vanilla. It's five PM, so I'm just gonna be up a couple hours, I guess.
0: Oh sure. <laughs> You're the I mean, after last time's discussion, I think we all could use some cold brew because uh, <laughs> there's still there's still some uh some pop music videos that we're gonna have to talk about. Mm-hmm. That will require some some fuel for sure. Yeah. All right. Let brings us to our pull of the pod. If you have not been listening along for the last few episodes, we invested our hard-earned sticker money into a 50th anniversary pack of many, many, many tops trading cards. And we are on the hunt for the elusive. Tom Morrow, I guess, animatronic card. Uh, Tom Morrow is in inventions in Disneyland. And at Walt Disney World. And his card is absolutely ridiculous. So we are on the hunt for it. And once we get it, we will stop opening up these packs. But for now, we are hunting, and maybe today will be the day. So each pack comes with four random cards and then one attraction poster. And uh, we'll see what we got today. So, first one's up. It's funny that they say you get four cards and then an attraction poster, and then immediately give me. 1983's debut of Pinocchio's Daring Journey. Huh. So we already have Pinocchio's Daring Journey as an attraction poster from a few episodes ago. But now we have a, uh, a photo of the attraction from the inside. Uh, it says 1983 up in the corner. It's the uh, part of the attraction where he's dancing along to I Got No Strings. And yeah, pretty underwhelming. Uh, number two. We got one of the five lands cards. It's Tomorrowland.
1: Oh, we're getting close. We're, I we're, can <laughs> smell him.
0: <laughs> Tomorrow is just around the corner. Uh, this one has the Tomorrowland like emblem sign that uh, sits right in front of the land. Uh, it says nothing on the front. Gives us a little bit about what Walt Disney called Tomorrowland, and uh, yeah, so there's that. We're close to Tomorrow. Another debut attraction card, 1993's Toontown City Hall. I'm into <laughs> it. Don't... Okay, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know that I remember ac- at all, actually. Um, Toontown City Hall has Mickey in his like mayor, mayor red suit with a, a mayor button. I guess he's the he's the mayor of Toontown. Was there an
1: election? I.
0: I <laughs> I think this is more of a dictatorship. If I were to guess about so. Mickey Mouse.
1: So, uh, I don't, uh, Kyle. I know you've played Disneyland Adventures, but, uh, yeah. but for Raymond's knowledge, uh, there is an election, uh, Toontown Mayor, and in Disneyland Adventures, which I guess <laughs> is, we'll, we'll just consider that's Toontown canon, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. M- the lore Mickey. Mickey goes up against Donald in the in the like oh. m- race for mayor, and if I remember correctly. You uh, do something with, like, getting ballots. Uh, it's a like little bit running dicey. around running yeah. around
0: the, the park collecting there, ballots. There oh. might
1: be some weird, like, ballot stuffing going on there. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, we have City Hall in our collection now. And uh, the fourth card before the attraction poster is probably one of the best ones we've gotten so far. It is the Rainbow Ridge Pack Mules. Ooh. Oh,
1: yes. One of our opening it, day attractions. Let's go.
0: Uh, 1956, uh, this is when they changed the name from the Pack Mules to Rainbow Ridge Pack Mules. And uh, yeah, the, it's a black and white photo of a bunch of Disneyland guests waving at the camera as they sit on uh, some donkeys. So that sounds dangerous. And our attraction <laughs> poster is actually an OG. This one's fantastic. I would probably have this in my house. Uh, I think Chris might actually have this in his apartment. This is the uh, Skyway tomorrowland oh uh, yeah that's that's poster. some
1: that's one of my favorites like from a design perspective i like that absolutely.
0: one absolutely uh
1: but i i never win on it so like i don't feel like i have the right to like hang that poster <laughs> in my apartment
0: <laughs> sure yeah absolutely um this ride what does it say here Since the opening of the park in 1955, these vintage attraction posters originally displayed in the entrance tunnels at Disneyland. 56 original designs were created over the years, with the last one debuting in 1993. So I don't even know what that means. 56 original designs were created. They're still making these things. It's not like the attraction posters have stopped. No Tom Morrow, folks. We have not gone to Tom Morrow. That means that these packs live to see another day. If you want to see what these cards look like, uh, I need to do a better job at putting them on our Instagram stories. So go check them out on our Instagram stories. They are pretty sweet. um, And I will make sure to do that for these ones. You have a trip report of sorts to give us. You went to a uh, Disney on Broadway event.
1: Yeah. So I got an email in my inbox beginning of July. Tickets now on sale for... Live at the new AM, Disney on Broadway presents a benefit concert for the Actors Fund. Okay. And on this like email, it had picture of Ashley Brown, who is Mary Poppins on Broadway, Kizzy Simmons, who is Nala, Michael James Scott, not to be confused with Michael Gary Scott from The Office. <laughs> Michael James Scott was not the original genie, but he is a genie, and... Last but not least, Josh Strickland, mm. former Tarzan on Broadway. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is interesting because Broadway is supposed to open in September, which is still two months away. So I'm like, this is int- like New Amsterdam is a Broadway venue. It's where they do Aladdin. Right. So, and and we have Broadway stars like performing. I'm going to look into this a little bit. So I click on the ticketing link and there's like tons of seats available. Well And tickets for the orchestra are like a hundred bucks, which is like a crazy steal for a Broadway show. Broadway Probably. theaters are super, super, super small. So the people who get orchestra is like super rich New York people. So I literally, I bought a fourth row seat center dead center. I'm like, this is like the best seat in the house the first night they were doing this show that I guess they're doing for performances. So I'm like, this thing doesn't seem to be selling well. If like I can get one of the best seats <laughs> in the house sure. online yeah. after, after an automated email is sent to me, you know, like normally for this stuff, like people are refreshing the page waiting for the tickets to go live. So I had pretty low expectations. I'm like, it's just going to be a bunch of Disney nerds. And, and really my only goal is to see Josh Strickland do Tarzan. <laughs> yeah. Because like, <laughs> Josh Strickland only got to do Tarzan on Broadway for one year until his <laughs> right. show got canceled. So I'm like, I will be one of the only people ever to watch Josh Strickland perform Tarzan on Broadway. <laughs> so that was, that was my sole mission. I was like, anything else, icing on the cake. Obviously, Ashley Brown was there. So I'm like, if I can get some Mary Poppins, cool. Uh, you had to assume that Michael James Scott's going to do Friend Like Me, which is of like one, one of those like big four of like Disney Broadway songs. <clears throat> so. We get there and there's a huge mob of people out front looking super upset. And I think the reason is it was a you must show proof of vaccination to attend event. And. They say that a lot for things, but this actually was, (laughs) they They like at the door, they asked for the card or a photo of the card in like in the Disney voice though. They were like, "Um, excuse me, sir. Do you happen to have a proof of your vaccination today? And I like took it out and they're like, Oh, fantastic. She's going to check that and verify it at the door. Thank you. Have a magical day. (laughs) You have to, you have to uh, scan the bags
0: card. Like you're going into (laughs) Disneyland and it's the (laughs) little like,
1: yes, yes. So, um, So, I mean, I'm assuming like, and that was in like, it was in super fine print on the like ticket information that said you had to bring that. So, I'm assuming a lot of people missed it, Um, but we didn't. So, we go in, we go down to our seats. So, we sit down and then like five minutes later, who comes walking down the aisle to sit in the row in front of me? James Monroe Eagleheart, who is the original genie on Broadway. And I'm like... (laughs) My okay this guy's this guy's sitting in the row in front of me and everyone's coming up to him and they're not like fans they're like people that know him and he's like he's like shaking hands with people hugging people they're like happy to see him and i'm like I, as more people start get, arriving in the theater i'm like looking around at the demographic of like who's in this orchestra area and it's all people in like suits super nice looking i'm like <laughs> Did I get sent like a ticket link on accident or something? Right. Because like I feel super out of place here. Uh, I was wearing I was wearing a button up a Nordstrom's button up short sleeve that had like a floral pattern on it. No hat slacks and like Cole Haan shoes. That's so I, I yeah, I went in a, like it. So like it was the first Broadway show since the beginning of the pandemic, like first staged Broadway production with equity actors. Hmm. we we were like a part of history and like everyone was crying at the beginning of it because (laughs) it was like it was this big deal you know know. um and i'm like i'm like how why did i get involved in this (laughs) like this is uh, so so anyways right before the show starts who comes walking down the aisle to go give james eagleheart a hug jelani aladdin who is the original Kristoff on broadway and soon to be hercules on broadway yeah this dude is Huge, he is jacked, <laughs> he is attractive, and he is extremely talented. And you know he's 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 shaking hands with James Egelhart. The show starts. Jelani Aladdin is sitting two rows behind me. I'm like, okay, We're, again, wow, you like, outpriced how <laughs> did, right? You I'm outpriced like, how, I, how did I outprice this guy who's about to be like Captain America of Broadway? Right. A second the show was good. basically like exactly what you'd expect. Uh, they did songs from every single Disney Broadway production. Uh, they started with Hercules and then went back and did everything chronologically. So okay. a couple standout songs, Ashley Brown doing super Cali Ooh. with the hand, with the hand gestures. She still got it. It was great. Amazing. Amazing. Um, kissy did zero to hero during the Hercules segment. Kay. Uh, so the reason James Egglehart was there is that they did one of those things where like Michael Scott was doing the genie thing. He was like, oh, to help me out, we got James <laughs> Egglehart. Uh, he doesn't know he's doing this. And then like, of course, J- James, like he hands him the mic and James like, and like just like nails it. It was so good. Um, everyone was loving it. Got to see Josh Strickland do Strangers Like Me. Oh, awesome! got to see Josh Strickland do Santa Fe. The <laughs> whole, newsy, the whole, the whole newsy segment was just like, let's go. It was oh, so good. My gosh. Uh And okay. So if you don't know who Josh Strickland is as an individual, I had no idea. I only knew him as Tarzan, but, but Tarzan is this like brooding character. And Josh Strickland is like a real life version of Ryan Evans from high school musical, <laughs> like as flamboyant <laughs> as you can possibly imagine of sure. a human. Sure. So he ended up doing like a gender bender version of my strongest suit from Aida, the one that Adele Dazim does. Yeah, And it right. was so good. It was so it was so so good. <laughs> wow, that's um, awesome. Uh they ended it with Let It Go obviously, but the highlight and the, the reason I want to tell this story <laughs> is Michael Scott did go the distance, which is like the Hercules anthem. Of course. And and so it took every single ounce of strength in my body, not to turn around to Jelani Aladdin and like, look at his face, like, <laughs> and like watch him react to like some other person singing his song. I want to like, right. this, this is about to be you. about to be you pretty <laughs> soon, buddy. You. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so after the song was over, I had to turn around. Like I had to be like, what, like what's his reaction? Obviously, they're both super nice guys. So like Jelani Aladdin, like stands up and gives him like a, a standing ovation. The only person in the theater standing up. Um, I thought I was just like a funny, cool. That's moment. Awesome. Um, so all in all, like it was great, great deal. I mean, incredible deal. i uh, yeah. happy. I went and, um, and yeah, I mean, that might be the last Broadway thing I, I do before, <laughs> right. before moving out of here. So yeah, I guess yeah. good, good one to end on
0: yeah absolutely did, so was the show just them sh- walking up to a mic and singing these songs or was there like yep. uh yeah okay. there
1: was there was a little like tiny there was like a tiny band there was like two strings a huh. pianist a guitar um just like the basics but we did some research and it looked like this is like a show that these four in particular like do other places
0: Oh, so a
1: lot of the like stuff that looked really improvised, I don't think was improvised at all, (laughs) but, um, but like it, it was cool for them to be back on the Broadway stage. Uh, I said, Aladdin is on that new Amsterdam stage. So like that was Michael Scott's Broadway debut. He's like, I, I debuted on Broadway on the stage. Ashley Brown debuted on Broadway in that stage of Mary Uh. Poppins. Kissy Simmons debuted on that stage, uh, when the Lion King was there so it was i think it was a cool moment for everyone and they did like um uh for the first time in forever towards the end which was like it hit different because of like the pandemic and like right. it was everyone kind of like was like oh shoot like this is really real um so it was a cool night uh very like uh, surprised i was a part of it like yeah why am i front and center on this like historic <laughs> evening for broadway but i guess i got to be there it's pretty cool uh.
0: Oh, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, happy that you're able to to do that before you're skipping town, before you get out to the Bay area, little Mouse Madness West Studios. Can't yeah. Wait.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like I, I was thinking about that because I'm like, Kyle, you always end up going to these like screenings, like movie screenings with like a live orchestra. Right. They don't really do that here. They'll yep. do they'll do live Broadway here, but they won't do that there. So it's kind of like you yeah,
0: know. yeah. You're about to come see uh, whatever the next Encanto with the Sim- San Francisco Symphony. Oh, let's go! All right, Chris. Let's recap what happened last episode. What was the demographic? Give us the info.
1: So we went ahead and surveyed a very uh, timely audience, very topical uh, Jungle Cruise reviewers. That is reviewers yep. of the new. Uh, Overhauled attraction at Disneyland, not the movie premiere, which also occurred at Disneyland uh, this last weekend. Uh, So we had the interns stake out the attraction, folks coming off, some of them Disneyland vloggers, some of them just regular folks, and asked them, what is the greatest Disney pop music video ever? Uh, And we got our field of 16. We narrowed it down to a round of eight um that we're going to pick up the bracket with this week, where we have the number one seed, a reflection from nineteen ninety-eight versus number nine, Lost in the Woods by Weezer. We've got number four, Beauty and the Beast, John Legend and Ariana Grande, versus number twelve, Ever Ever After by Carrie Underwood. Other side of the bracket, we've got number two, Phil Collins, You'll Be in My Heart, versus number ten, Owl Cities, When Can I See You Again? And finally, number 14, Curly Ray Jepsen's Part of Your World versus Miguel featuring Natalia Lacafortes. Remember me from I'm in Love with the Coco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kyle, I started the conversation off last episode. And uh, so, so I think I'll throw it to you to start us off this time.
0: All right. Number one reflection versus number nine lost in the woods. We talked a lot about Christina's music video, her singing into the camera. She's probably wandering around Epcot's China Pavilion, if we had to guess. I think at- I think
1: we can safely say that she is uh, okay. in the in the YouTube comments. A lot of there was a lot of traction on those, like she's definitely at Epcot, or like, oh, I can't believe I just realized she's at Epcot. Comments. So okay, uh, okay, okay. I think we can assume.
0: I'll trust it. I'll trust it. Um And really, at one point, she releases a dove. There's not a whole lot of story happening here. She's, uh, there will be projections of clips from Mulan in the backgrounds or projected uh, after the fact onto the buildings. Uh, it's one of those very classic Disney pop music videos where the animation and the performance are kind of meshed together, interspliced throughout the whole thing. Then you get Weezer doing lost in the woods from frozen two in which they are shot for shot recreating Kristoff's performance from the animated movie, which is a different thing that we hadn't or and haven't really seen at all on this bracket or really in my memory. I don't remember seeing like a, a recreation of the scene of the song in live action by a pop group anyways. Right. So that's unique. Um, they really went all out and really put their heart into this performance. I mean, they were really bought in to the idea of recreating this scene. Kristen Bell came back to do a little cameo. I'm sure that they just had her in the stew. I'm sure she was just in there, <laughs> you know, already doing the voice for Anna and and Weezer was next door doing this music video. So they dressed her up and brought her over. Um, And it's just fun, right? It's just interesting, it's goofy, it's silly, and it reflects exactly what, no pun intended, exactly what Frozen 2's mission for that song was, right? It was to show what a, a cheesy kind of uh, drowning in his own feelings sort of character that Kristoff is. And that, that song really enhances that moment and gives, gives the adult something to laugh about uh, during the movie because of all the, you know, hairband rock ballad References and Weezer has that sound already, so it was the perfect choice to cover that song. Um, When these two are matched up, I mean, the better music video is very obviously Weezer. (laughs) Like it is, there's just no competition. Like it's from the the production value to the the buying in of the entire cast to the cameo of Kristen Bell. It's just. Way more interesting and fun to watch than Christina Aguilera singing into a camera with like interspliced uh, movie scenes. And I get that that was to drive kind of the promotion of the movie, right? You want people to go see it. So you have Christina sing with some bits and teasers of the movie behind her. Um, But I think that you can do that just as effectively with something like Weezer and that performance. I'm going with Weezer, past the number one, Reflection.
1: Uh, I wasn't too high on Reflection 1998 on the last episode. I had it losing to Emily Osment and Mitchell Musso's uh, <laughs> if I didn't have you. But I guess if I was going to look for some redeeming qualities from Reflection, I do like this version better than the 2020 version or 2019 version or
0: yes, big whatever time.
1: the recent one is. Uh, I think Reflection is like a top-tier Disney song and top-tier 90s Disney song, especially. I like that kind of slower, a little bit more like authentic sound that mm-hmm. is in that 1998 version as opposed to kind of like the overly produced, like very, it's not, I wouldn't say it's upbeat, but it's a little bit more like punchy and poppy in the yeah. production on on the new one. And uh The new video kind of kind of goes that Janae Aiko route and just has a lot 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 of graphics going on, a lot of visual effects going on. Um, Whereas this this nineteen ninety eight version really does feel quite comforting, you know, and it makes you really feel nostalgic looking back on it. Uh, You know, seeing seeing Epcot, which has kind of like (laughs) shown its age recently, you know, and it's getting a huge overhaul, but. You know, at oh man, remember when Epcot was like the place to be and like that was kind of, you know, late 90s early 2000s that was really true. Um Christina Aguilera's haircut, Christina Aguilera's <laughs> costume, like j- Christina Aguilera in general, like this this new pop talent that, you know, was j- very real at the time. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of cool to like take a walk down memory lane and watch that video, but um, I think when comparing it to a video like Lost in the Woods, that really had a creative vision behind it, I think I think there's no comparison. I think this this Christina Aguilera one definitely felt like it was put together to make Disney some money, whereas Lost in the Woods, they were really like, let's do something cool, let's be creative with this. We've got a great band, we've got a great song. Uh, how can how can we? improve this, um, and, and I think they did that really well, so I'm agreeing with you I'm advancing lost in the woods, Raymond, do you agree with that, any any farewell thoughts for Christina Aguilera's 1998 Reflection?
2: I will have to agree, Yeah. I think Weezer definitely wins this pop video um, I will say, I think Reflection by Christina has a more of an iconic level to it, over the years yep. it's gotten more, I mean back in the day when that song came out, we couldn't even look in the mirror without, like, busting those bears out, uh, like It has such a whole society, but at the end of the day, that has nothing to do with the music video itself. Like, it was just her voice. It was her first big crossover into being, like, a family little star, you know, before she went, like, dirty with three Rs, but Weezer video right here in this category this moment for sure has to advance on.
1: All right, so let's move on to the next matchup. It's number four, Beauty and the Beast by John Legend and Ariana Grande versus number 12, Carrie Underwood's Ever, Ever After. Uh, okay, so Kyle, remember <laughs> remember that episode when we were talking about Sad Boys and you spent like 15 minutes going in on uh, like the history of Davy Jones?
0: Yeah. I'm yep. about to
1: do the same thing with Carrie Underwood and... uh I'm sorry uh, you are not editing this episode. I am (laughs) editing this episode. So it is all staying, baby. All right. Floor is yours. Just to to put it out there to the uh, Mouse Madness uh, universe, Carrie Underwood is one of my favorite music artists. Uh, I have seen Carrie Underwood four times. And every time time I see her, uh, she puts on a great show. So Carrie Underwood obviously won American Idol in 2005. That's like where she when she started and she debuted her first album some hearts later that year in 2005 and it was like an immediate mega hit went to the top of all the billboard charts for country won country album of the year at the uh, amc awards and at the billboard awards it actually won country album of the decade <laughs> what <laughs> yeah in, in 2009 in-
0: Okay, I was going to say, like, in 2005, they're like, shut down the decade. (laughs) (laughs) This is Carrie's.
1: Well, when in 2009, they looked back on it, and they were like, all right, what's the album that defines country music in the 2000s? And it was this Carrie Underwood album. Uh, And, like, it makes sense because it's got songs that, like, everyone knows on it, like Jesus Take the Wheel and Before He Cheats, like music that people who don't even listen to country music probably... Couldn't even sing any other part of that song, but like the term "Jesus take the wheel" is like in our lexicon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so like this Carrie Underwood, post two thousand five, was en fuego. She was hot. So yeah. in two thousand seven, she was about to release, uh, or she had just released her second album, and then she was in this Enchanted music video around the same time. Enchanted came out in November of two thousand seven. So she was this megastar. And she was so she was like a really good get for this movie, honestly. And and like, obviously, I have super strong Carrie Underwood bias. So I love <laughs> this music video. Like um, she, she starts out just like an Enchanted in Andalusia animated and then uh, shows up in New York City, quote unquote, New York City. Uh, it's it's very clearly like the universal backlot uh, New York City like street set. Uh and they in order to make it look like New York, they have like a dude walking around in a Mets hat and like a girl <laughs> with a Yankees drawstring backpack. It's like, Oh yep, that's New York. That's oh, definitely New York. Oh, yeah. Um and Kyle Kyle kind of broke it down accurately last week, and that there really is not a lot to break down. She's just kind of like (laughs) walking around the street, walking around the street, singing like Carrie Underwood, looking into the camera like Carrie Underwood does. Uh, And then there's this dude who's like chasing her around, trying to catch up with her. And this guy, if Carrie Underwood embodies like 2007 music, this dude embodies 2007 male sexiness. He looks exactly like dylan mcdermott who is the dad in american horror story season one murder house (laughs) he's got like the same little shadow little like faux hawk thing it's perfect i love it (laughs) um and then they like they meet in the end uh they finally meet up and uh in like classic carrie underwood style like carrie underwood is very like i don't want to say prude because that can have like negative connotations to it but like she is very protective over like how she presents herself in media. So like they like hold hands and am- sh- she's not going to kiss Dylan McDermott right now like there's no way. <laughs> so it it cuts to her back in Andalusia like kissing the guy and like marrying the guy. It was great. Uh Carrie Underwood married to Mike Fisher in real life. Shout out to the NHL.
0: Uh, <laughs> Go <Prits. laughs> It's
1: another reason I like Carrie Underwood is because Mike Fisher is like one of my favorite hockey players ever.
0: Oh, like oh, the oh, like I'm
1: the really the good. center the big yeah. the big body center who just picks up the trash. Like, that's <laughs> that's my ideal NHL player. Uh, so I love Mike Fisher. They're one of my favorite celebrity couples. Um, so yeah, that wasn't a super extensive like history of Carrie Underwood, but I just wanted to shout her out. Uh, one of my favorite like moments in my whole life was <laughs> was that the first time I saw Carrie Underwood, uh, we, we went and saw her in Kansas City and we had these nosebleed seats, me and my dad, and some lady who worked for the arena was like, here you go. Like you got to upgrade. We were literally in like the fifth row. What? And wow. it, it was blowing my mind. It was a great show. Suddenly, Easton Corbin, who had done the opener, comes out to sing like a like a duet, uh, "Fishing in the Dark" by Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And Easton Corbin was wearing a Mike Moustakis jersey. Who? Uh-huh. Mike Moustakis, third baseman, who was on the Royals at the time. And the Royals fans, whenever. Mike Mustakas would do anything. His nickname was Moose, so they all go Moose. So Easton Corbin pops out in the jersey and er, the whole Uh-oh. arena starts going, Moose. And then like ten minutes later, Carrie Underwood like mid-song goes, Oh my god, I thought you guys were booing me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like someone like from her crew was like, Oh, Don't we worry. just realized they weren't booing yeah. you, Carrie. Sorry. Yeah. It was so great, uh, uh, and then she did she did an acoustic version of Dolly Parton "I Will Always Love You." Yeah. Oh, like wow. literally, li- literally by herself on a bar stool, acoustic guitar, acapella, spotlight, center of this 35,000, 40,000 person arena, and like you could hear a pin drop.
0: It was incredible.
1: Yeah. Anyways, long story short, <laughs> I love Carrie Underwood, and it is definitely <laughs> advancing over John Legend and Ariana Grande's "Beauty and the Beast."
0: Hundred <laughs> uh, percent.
1: What? Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Ray. (laughs) I, you know, I did not know that Carrie Underwood had fans like that, but I do respect it. I love that she has (laughs) some hardcore supporters out there. That's America's sweetheart. That is Miss Barbie. She knows what she's doing She has a hold on the heart of America. Quite the opposite (laughs) of Miss Ariana Grande, let me add. Who, as we all know, reportedly hates America. So we have, like, a big debate here. John Legend should be the middle, he should be the center of right. the song, but I don't think he can save that song. Like we said before, the video is boring. There wasn't as much going on as this Carrie Underwood one was, and I think that sure. they tried to include John and Ariana in the in the sets and everything, but it kind of came off as like there's. It opened a lot more doors for me, like a lot more questions. Like, are they also trapped <laughs> there with them? Like, what <laughs> what utensils do they become? Because I got a couple of. Could possibly, but I'm gonna to have to say Carrie Underwood definitely
0: has to be popping on this one. All right. Well, I was gonna choose be in the beast, so we know what the <laughs> um, we know what the tiebreak would have been. Yeah i I understand, I understand it, but I get that Enchanted is like this cheesy, you know, uh, 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 satirical take on like a a princess movie, right? I totally understand that, and I understand that Carrie Underwood is just doing the same thing as the movie in her music video. I get that as well. But it's so... Um, I like John Legend a lot. I like his voice a ton. And I think that him singing his version of Beauty and the Beast and adding his own flares and and you know uh, riffs to that song was just, you know, gave me chills. And then his jacket in the music video is just phenomenal give me one he looks like he's wearing a. he looks like joe kelly showing up to the white house in the mariachi jacket you know like he it just it's so good it's so good and then like they could have just had ariana doing the whole like sitting in front of the camera which she does a lot in this music video like she could have just done a christina where she's just singing at the camera but they add the like flower petal dancers and they do this whole little thing like that was the type of like subtle class i will call it like that rose petal kind of ballroom dance movements that they were doing that i would expect out of that number involving those two when it's this ballad um so i really enjoyed it it's neither of these are am i like throwing on youtube every single day being like i gotta watch my music video (laughs) um but i probably would have chosen beating the beast over it but I was outnumbered. So Carrie Underwood's ever, ever after is taking down the number four. That's two upsets in the Elite Eight so far. Let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. It is the number two, You'll Be In My Heart by Philharmonic. Phil, first the number 10, When Can I See You Again by Owl City. We, we, <laughs> Owl City, man. What an, what a, a, a time capsule of a music video. And they just said, nah we'll we'll deal with it if we have to it's big time like you know it's similar to uh uh, Emily Osment and Mitchell Musa where it feels very (laughs) LMFAO-esque in its in its existence um the and I get that they were attempting to be these like video game characters and for this video game movie obviously but it's so and I And I also understand that he may have had a hit in the vicinity of the years that that movie came out, which turned into a much better park song than it is in the movie, or even it's just a credit song. But it's so bizarre to see him sing this because his image is just so slopopotamus. Like, it's just... You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he just... He looks like he is bathed in the glow stick fluid, like <laughs> like he sleeps in the arcade. If we yes, if we turned off the lights, he'd be glowing the different <laughs> colors of a glow stick. The game because they were cracked. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's just nothing about him that screams like I want to watch this ever again, or this is a good music video, and. I always get weirded out, especially looking back nowadays, like in this moment, looking back and seeing like women's parts in these music videos only being like dancers or like, you know, props for the lead singer in these music videos. It's really bizarre. And then to see it even more recent than some of the other ones, this being like what, two thousand. Ten. Ten. I don't know. I don't know when Wreck-It Ralph came out. Phil Collins. What a acid trip of a music video. (laughs) They had just discovered split screen, as we brought up, it felt like. And they were going to use it in every way possible. There were, you know, lines crossing the screen diagonally, horizontally, vertically, vertically crossing over him he he has different parts of his body in different time periods and yet he stays synced up the entire time there's not a time in which a line crosses and it looks like phil's arms floating away or like he wasn't uh actually there moving like it's so impressive we talked about this last episode how did they do that how did they r- have phil remain so in sync the entire time the story doesn't make any sense couldn't really <laughs> figure it out other than just to say that like love transcends time and place like we we will always be together you will always be with me i will always be with you but they threw in like this kid mom situation that didn't really show itself and then the resolution was like fill in a movie theater with a bunch of people with some very 90s haircuts <laughs> if you go back and watch that and he eats some popcorn and he's now just like fine he's about to watch a movie after being in like a a subway tunnel and a sewage drain and a and a train station like where are you going phil and and why were these the decisions he's a really he's an elton john performer in this like he's standing up and almost preaching to us eyes closed most of the time as he sings these and it almost feels like he's trying to oversell the lip sync he's trying to over exaggerate which Makes sense because then you can read their lips, but he's not only just doing it with his lips, with his whole body. And it feels really oddly out of place for the settings that he's in. You know, like the hustle and bustle and he's standing there like screaming his heart out, it looks like, because his body movements are so exaggerated. As far as the songs go, I mean, this is much more of a slap than uh, When Will I See You Again. When I, when, I, when, will I see, when will I see you again as a parade anthem is the slap of all slaps. Like We can go ahead and say that. But as this version, it is not good. Music video gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Makes me feel a little weird. Doesn't hold up test of time. Phil's attempt at special effects. We could do it a lot better today, but it was damn impressive for the time that he made it. I'm going with Phil past Owl City here as the better pop music video.
1: So I, I co sign with all of your Owl City takes. Um I don't I don't know a whole lot about Owl City. I I thought it was a band. I didn't realize it was like a person or like a, a project. It's I him guess. with all of
0: his Fireflies. The, that's the <laughs> right, band.
1: That's so that's the, the only song I know is Fireflies and this song. And a song that he's in with Carly Rae Jepsen. I was just going to say that. Which was what was it called? Uh, it's
0: uh, a good time. Which sounds
1: uh. super similar to <laughs> when, when can I see you again. Um <laughs> but that was an FEC song 2013 fun fact. A good one. Um Yeah, Owl City. I went on his Twitter and he tweets a lot about like dirt bike riding or something. What?
2: Okay.
1: And I was just like I don't cuz i thought he was kind of like a scene guy you know like alt kind of he's got the long hair and the bangs and like the zip up hoodie and tight jeans so i was thinking like alt music like Warp tour and he, it seems like he's like a, a like a desert bro <laughs>
0: yeah it does feel that way it does feel that way can i let me interrupt you because my mind has just been semi blunt the good time with carly Ra- with carly ray Jepsen and Al city is also from Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. Th- that was really? also on the Wreck-It Ralph album. That was massively successful aside from that soundtrack. Yes, that that song had more radio play than this other one. This other one, I don't know that I even heard until the Parade soundtrack. But this Carly Rae, Owl City, was played absolutely everywhere. So there you go. That, that was crazy. Is
1: there a Carly Rae Jepsen good time uh, music video with Owl City? Yes, there yeah. is.
0: Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> um, yes, there is. What a miss on the bracket. On I the mean, I, bracket here. I,
1: didn't, like, I didn't know it was a Disney song, so why would our Jungle Cruise people know exactly. that was a Disney song either? It would have won. Um, and just just like looking at like scrubbing through this video without watching it, it doesn't seem super disney or Owl City or Carly Ray. Like it's very desaturated. Looks like they're camping.
0: They, they hop into Mini Cooper and they're going to go camping. Yeah, going, this is. This would, not be, yeah. this would not be good.
1: <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I'll check that out later. Um, Owl City. <laughs> yeah, like you said, he just doesn't. Uh, it's like he got to set and they were like, all right, hey, you good? And he was like, I don't know. Am I good? And they were like, <laughs> Yeah, you're good. Like, go ahead. Like, do you want me to change? I'm wearing like this old <laughs> hoodie and like a V-neck that I slept in. And they're like, no, nah, man, like that. You look fine. And he's like, well, right. I, I should I shave? No. no, no, that's fine. Like you got some stubble. He's like, no, this isn't stubble. Like this is literally like I Dorito forgot. Y- yeah. That I, they're like, I they're like, no, 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 face. you're good. <laughs> oh, uh, do you want you want me to do my hair? No, 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 you're good. That's how it, you know, that's how kids do it these days. It's kind of messy. He's like, no, but like, look, I slept on it. It's sticking up in the back. Like, no, no, no. We yeah. want that. Uh he just he just yeah, he looks like he walked in off the street. Yep. Um, I think one little like stylistic element that you uh pointed out was him like looking into the arcade and we're kind of like staring back at him like we are the game. Yep. Uh, and he, he puts on the sunglasses and he he's got the little like uh, ring light reflection in them, which is which they do in the Notorious B.I.G. Mo Money Mo Problems music video. Right. Yeah. And so like whoever directed this was like his first music video and they were like, hmm, what should we do? Hmm. Do the thing they did in Mo Money Mo Problems. <laughs> that would be sick. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. That's the thing people do in music videos. <laughs> Uh, but but one element i I feel like you haven't brought up is when he's like flying an airplane and they kind of do this like postcardy like all these kind of wooden cutout things yeah i i find that that part kind of cool
0: okay
1: it's like they're recreating like a video game screen in in real life with like practical sets which which i do think is kind of cool and like the 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 tempo and like the colors of this music video do keep you semi engaged in it um if if nothing else it is a high energy music video uh you'll be in my heart is is really not and and like that's okay like i think this is supposed to be kind of a tender and sentimental song and i think the music the tone of the music video does match that it does feel a little bit like Hands Across America at times, like they're trying a little (laughs) bit too hard to make it seem like it's this, like, philanthropy magnum opus, which, I mean, it it sort of is, uh, you know, philanthropy, whatever. I don't really know what to make out of the um, paraplegic basketball players.
0: Yes. Oh, man, I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, they were good overall. all. They were. So, so
1: in my brain, this is what happened. They shot Phil or they shot B roll in New York City, downtown near the Lower East Side. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was just to like be in the background of like the Phil walking shots. And they were like on their way back to the metro or they were like on their way to their car Uh and they saw these guys playing basketball and they were like, guys won't be in a Phil Collins music video (laughs) because you guys are friggin' sick. (laughs) <laughs> and they were like, "All right, sure." And then, <laughs> and then they live on forever in this music video. Uh,
2: yep. Hashtag inspired. Yeah,
0: real.
1: I mean, like it happens. Like that that, that happens when you when you go shoot stuff. Like you never know what's going to be there. And sometimes you're like, "Oh, hey, there's something cool going on over there. Let's film it." And if we like the footage, we'll throw it into whatever we're working on. Like that happens all the time. I just don't really see them like storyboarding that for <laughs> for this song. It's like, okay, you have to do the basketball players, right? That is essential right. to what this song is trying to say <laughs> and what we're trying to present in this music video. It feels very out of place. It does. It's tough. I mean, when I'm thinking about like quality, I want to say it's you'll be in my heart, but a lot of times when I'm like sitting down to watch a music video, it's in the background of something else. Like I am pre-gaming and I want to throw on 15 music videos or just do some like, you know, music video roulette. I, I feel like the safer music video to play in that setting is When Can I See You Again? And I, I do like this song. The music video it could be better, <laughs> but I don't think it's awful. I think, I think You'll Be In My Heart is great, but I do think it kind of like it, it kills the mood a little bit if you're trying to go for some something hyphy. So I'm going with <laughs> Owl City, which means Raymond's breaking the tie.
2: Um, so my first thought was, what would Phil Collins say about the Owl City choice? Like, yeah. I think he would laugh really hard at it.
0: But not in like a, <laughs> I so.
2: haha, I'm in on the joke type of way. It would kind of just be like, me and my team like progressed technology so far with my You'll Be In My Heart video, and this is what it is now? Like some cardboard and some party city wigs on these five chicks behind me. Like it's kind of like a very one is meant to be taken so seriously, the Phil Collins one, I think that it adds layers to the song that might not have been there. Like the first time you hear it, you probably watch the movie, you're like, Wow, what a beautiful song for like a mommy gorilla to a baby gorilla. And then Phil Collins comes in, it's like, what if we have that same concept with humans? Like a a human mom and a human baby. And then all of a sudden there's couples. And the song has so many different layers of what love is. I think that's kind of cute. And then also, there's like the very 90s, the wheelchair basketball players. I think that's like the most <laughs> typical, like, if they could do it, you could do it too. Like, these people yeah, love yeah. too. they love the game. Like, they love to the ball up. Like, it's all, you'll be in my heart. Like, this basketball, like, it's very much like a like, this moment, you know? Like, it's like, everyone can enjoy it. Like, mom. Gorillas, wheelchair basketball <laughs> players. Everyone loves that song, and I think it has a more. Again, I think it has a more iconic feeling than the L City choice. I think the L City. We've talked about his appearance. We've we've been there already. I think that he looked very sweaty. He looked like he was living <laughs> in the arcade. I think that yeah. he probably was probably tired having to ride both those hits back and back like back <laughs> to back like that out of a Disney sure. ball, you know. But I'm going to have to give it to Phil Collins. I really am. I think that this video is kind of just fun garbage in more of a fun way than the Owl City fun garbage was.
1: All right. Well, Owl City heads home back to his anime body pillow, and we will move on to the next matchup. It is number 14, Part of Your World by Carly Rae Jepsen versus number 6, Miguel featuring Natalia Lacaforda, remember me, the duo from Coco. Uh, this is definitely the hardest matchup of this round. Yep. uh I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I am the one that has to start this thing off. Um, but I think we we mostly broke it down pretty well on the last episode. Um, the Carly Rae Jepsen one, a forgotten Disney cover. Yeah. Um, but it it coincided with the release of this dvd i imagine it was one of those oh it's coming out of the vault for a very limited time mm-hmm. buy it now before it's gone and i'm pretty sure my family did buy it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but i i never saw this music video so um she gets dropped off uh, at lax with her dream and a cardigan and <laughs> she she rolls and anyway, she rolls up to la and uh She's like working, cleaning dishes, and and she's a mermaid in the end. I don't know. Watch yeah. the video. Uh, <laughs> her version of the song feels unique. It's not super polished, but I think that's what makes it good, and that's what we like about it. Uh, Remember Me Duo, super, super vibey, super chill. Uh, both performers do a great job at, like delivering a good vocal performance, but also like singing to the camera in a way that feels very natural and like not typical music videos sing at the camera yeah uh so both of these videos have uh, a lot going for them uh i don't know a uh, part of your world i think is a little bit played out i mean remember me i don't think isn't played out but i think <laughs> i think uh like you said kyle this version of the song doesn't I don't think it's like underrated or like no one talks about it because I think people do, but um, I forget about it. Yeah, and and I think that when I listen to the Coco soundtrack, I always gravitate towards the Spanish versions of the songs. Have to. I like that this pop version incorporates both yep. English English uh, verses and Spanish verses. So I think you kind of get the best of both worlds there. Music video though is like is all about the visuals, you know, and like mm-hmm. I think that the visuals in "Remember Me" aren't aren't like bad, but I I feel like they're sort of I don't know boring. Like they were okay. like, all right, let's like throw these people in a dope listening room and they'll just sing and jam and chill. "Part of Your World" kind of like the Weezer one feels like it really was planned out. You know, and they they like set up a shoot, and like <laughs> the, someone had a storyboard this and even though the the story itself like within the music video doesn't make a lot of sense, we talked about her potentially being Carly Ray Jepsen in like this huge celebrity, it like making more sense thematically with the song, I think the amount of effort that went into the story uh makes it the better music video because I think that is essential for a good music video, so I'm actually advancing. Carly Ray, part of your world here.
0: Uh, it's remember me for me. This we described this music video as vibey, and it makes me want to watch it over and over again for those vibes. The vibes are two very good looking people absolutely chilling and singing their hearts out in the most relaxed, subtle. This is easy, this is light work way. And it just feels like you're in the room with them. The entire music video. This is a music video that I would like definitely show people and be like you're going to like this. Like this is going to make you feel as warm as the colors in this video. Like it, it really brings you in and makes you want to never look away the entire time. They do a lot of great like um when uh when they're both singing, there's a part in which Natalia's singing into the camera and then it kind of uh, 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 focuses out and back in on Miguel who's sitting over her shoulder and he starts singing in the next part. But they're both in shot and there's candles everywhere. Like this is the mood. This is a mood not only that matches their rendition of this song, probably their singing styles that it was two fantastic choices for this song carly ray jepsen i appreciate it uh you said it for me like the song is played out so anytime that i have to watch a music video with part of your world uh they they definitely try to keep me hooked because i do feel that way uh by saying like what's carly doing why is she getting off a bus in east la you shouldn't get off a bus in east la if you're trying to make it You should be downtown a little bit closer. You should be trying to make it to some of the Burbank areas. Oh, she's a mermaid. That was funny, (laughs) but I'm never going to watch it again. (laughs) It's remember me moving on for me, which means Raymond, you are breaking this tie.
2: You're going to keep doing this to me. I think uh, I'm going to have to say, I actually have to think about this. There's parts of both videos that I really enjoyed. Um, Okay. For one, I think that the Remember, Remember Me video had better styling and costume me. And I, uh, one thing that I noticed upon rewatch was that my man Miguel got two watches on. And they're both swinging <laughs> on, on each wrist. And I thought that was pretty iconic of him. Um, okay. And that alone put it a little bit of ahead for me over Carly Rae <laughs>
0: Jefferson.
2: I think that <laughs> now that we've all seen Luca, this kind of seems a little Luca too, though. Like, Luca for Girl, if you think about it, because she's only getting the fins when she's wet, right? So it's kind of like a, the beginning stages of that, that movie masterpiece forming probably for the Disney creative. But as so
0: of- Carly Ray was in the Luca universe before we had even known it.
2: It's like Luca for American people instead of Italian.
0: It's Carly Ray. It's the mermaid from Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger's <laughs> Tide when she gets put into the tank and has to turn into a human. Yep. And then it's Luca. That They're all in the same universe. The
2: same universe. I would say there's also a little bit of uh, H2O and Aquamarine in there too. Like, <laughs> I'm our no, Don't get fired.
0: Wasn't it, what, 13th? The 13th birthday oh, yeah. movie where she turns into a mermaid? Or the guy. Or he turns into a mermaid. Yep,
2: yep. Yeah. That was for everyone else too. So yeah, it's a pretty, wow. you're right. Now, like Chris said, it's a, it's a pretty worn out concept for a pretty worn out plot. Um, I'm going to have to pick Remember Me. I am. I think that Miguel had too much flavor to ignore. And I do like it, but it does feel like a hidden gem, an underground masterpiece. All
0: right, cool. Remember Me is moving on into the final four. Which brings us to our first final four matchup. It is the number nine, Lost in the Woods by Weezer versus the number twelve, Ever Ever After. We've talked about both of these extensively. I have nothing else to say. It is Weezer, Lost in the Woods for me. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we know what's going to yeah, happen. Literally.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I think, I think that element of, like, I was saying, uh, music video. Is a experience you commit to you know like you there there's really no way to passively watch a music video because then you're not watching it right like sure yeah you, you have to sit down and, and watch it on the screen, whether you're you know texting or something or like chatting with friends, like sure, maybe, but at some point, like you have to have your eyes on the visuals when you take that element into consideration. Like the visual quality, the quality of the song, um, the artist selection, the the mass appeal—is this going to appeal to everyone in the room? All of that stuff. I have to go with Carrie Underwood. Ever, ever after, because like uh, this is what I'm going to throw on right when I when I'm in a group setting or like when I'm trying to have a good time, like Carly Rae and Owl City. Uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to car- Carrie Underwood every single time. I also just want to be able to say I advanced Carrie Underwood to the finals of a Mouse Madness bracket. So I have no regrets. Uh, Raymond, you're breaking the tie.
2: Yeah, breaking heart too. No, I won't do it. I'm <laughs> going to vote for Carrie. I am. Three, oh! I, I remember actually being in the theaters at the end of Enchanted Movie and then that song comes on I think at the first star of the credits and it's a, it's a boss. Like, people were really jammed to that song because it just hits immediately. I'm going to have to give it to Carrie.
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> <It's> heartbreak
1: <laughs> alright well who will meet Carrie Underwood <laughs> in the finals of this Mouse Madness bracket oh my gosh my plan the path is working is cleared.
0: the path is cleared for Kyle I'll tell you that right now
1: <laughs> Phil Collins you'll be in my heart the number two seed versus number six Miguel remember me uh, the duet with Natali- Natalia Natalia Caforda. um yeah, I think this is an interesting one because I don't think... You'll Be In My Heart video, I think, complements the song and adds a little bit to it. Kind of like adds the visual element to what's happening in the song. Sure. And believe it or not, there's not a whole lot of Disney music videos that do that on this bracket. Like, yeah. You know, like for how clever and expertly executed that Weezer music video is... It's also it's like semi-easy idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not really doing a lot different for that song. Uh, and I think that's where you'll be in my heart really excels above most of these. However, um, I don't know, its goofiness kind of makes it feel a little bit a little bit old, I don't know, a little aged. Yeah. To the point where I don't know that I would go to this if I was like DJing a music video session or something. Uh remember me one like I don't know I don't know that it adds a whole lot to the song remember me. You know, other than just like provides kind of like a visual chillness to the chillness of this like rendition of the song. Yeah. So while I don't think it does one thing better than than Phil Collins, I still think I would like gravitate towards it more in a listening session. So I'm sending Remember Me to the finals. And so y'all don't say I never did anything good for (laughs)
0: Coco. Yeah, these are two very similar songs, you know, very similar messages. Some longing love has been separate from you and you are never going to forget them literally in Coco and figuratively in uh, Phil Collins' song. So, yeah, even I don't know at what point in a party or place that I am DJing that I'm throwing on either of these. Like, that's not the vibe that these are going for. But the vibes that they're going for are executed so much better in Miguel's. Like, in this time that we're reviewing these, the -the over-the-topness of Phil is cheesy. The cool, calm, collected of Miguel is awesome. That is the vibe we want. That is what we want to see. We want to emulate that type of chillness. And I like that. And I want to be chilling in that room during that vinyl listening time. So I'm agreeing with you. Remember Me is going to the finals. Raymond, do you agree? And do you have any final words for Phil Kongs?
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. Um, I think we need an EDM remix of You'll Be In My Heart for these parties oh, that boy. we're talking about. It could, yeah. it
0: could have some potential. All right. Chris, here we are. <laughs> We're at the finals.
2: Bring it to the end of the upset watch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, i That wasn't the plan. All right, Chris. <laughs> it is your turn. No, it's mine. I mean, you already know. You already I know. You already know. I already know what you're going to go with. You already know what I'm going to go with. It is the number 12 Ever ever after by Carrie Underwood from the movie Enchanted, verse the number six. Remember me, duo from Coco by Miguel featuring Natalia Lafor... How did you pronounce it? Lafor- La...
1: Laforda.
0: There's no C in it though. L a f o u r c a d e. Lafourcade.
1: Lafor-cade.
0: Wait, did I? Lafourcade. La. La <laughs> not <ask What>? <laughs> Wait, what? Disney Music Vivo's music video has it spelled L-A-F-O-U-R-C-A-D-E.
1: All right. Well, I, I, flop, I, fl- <laughs> I flip-flopped those Fs and There's a
2: lot of letters. She bought, she right. bought all the
0: vowels. <laughs> okay, hey, hey. <laughs> Every vowel. It happens. That's all right. That's all right. Verse, the number six, remember me duo. By Miguel featuring Natalia Lafocade. And it is definitely Remember <laughs> These vibes are immaculate. <sighs> Carrie Underwood, I appreciate the mid-2000s storytelling from the hottest country star ever. But if I'm showing folks a music video that I think they're really going to like, time and time again, it's going to be Miguel's Remember Me. I think if I showed them Carrie Underwood, people are going to be like, oh, what was that? Uh, what was that Hillary Duff video you showed me? Oh. You know, it's it's not oh. it's a, like it's a tween love story type music video that is just like like Weezer's a retelling of the film it's coming from. I am going with the vibes, the vibiness, the immaculateness of Remember Me. Duo by Miguel as the best Disney pop music video
1: I mean, I don't want to say that like that remember me music video required less effort than the ever ever after <laughs> music video because like You're... i don't I don't feel like the ever ever after music video was the most effort, but it feels like it was like more effort the yeah, like I obviously mean, Miguel... obviously we had the like interns do the animation sequence on yeah. uh the Carrie Underwood yeah. no uh, Andalusia stuff no you had,
2: only <laughs> you,
1: you you had yeah the New York backlot set when you could have gone to like you know shoot somewhere in LA I don't know or meet Carrie in Nashville and pretend it's LA like I don't, I don't know yeah could have shot a location somewhere to make it look a little bit more realistic um but I really appreciate the the star power of Carrie Underwood here, and I really appreciate how the the music video kind of like is a condensed version of Enchanted, almost, where you have this person from fictional fairy tale land come into New York City and is doing all this kind of magical stuff, and then falls in love with someone from the real world, and they end up back in. It's like tells the whole story of Enchanted in a few minutes, uh, so I really like that aspect, and I just I really like how it kind of fits the Carrie Underwood brand as well. Uh, like I think it was Raymond who said she was like Barbie princess of the of the two thousands, um, and so like I I feel like it really suits her. I think this is a great uh, partnership, Disney and Carrie. I think it's a great <laughs> partnership between the film and Carrie. I think it's fun music video. It's a great cover. Um, like I said, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I I love it as much as Demi Lovato's version, but I think for the (laughs) sake, for the sake of this bracket, I, I definitely do. So I am crowning Carrie Underwood the winner of this bracket. So Raymond is going to break the tie. It's all in your hands.
2: Two pop music videos stand before me. From two very different walks of life. I'm going to have to go with Carrie Underwood, guys. Oh my god! Um, I gotta be honest. I think that I like that choice better. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's <laughs> what I got. I like being controversial. I want to make Chris happy. I want to prove that a girl like Carrie Underwood can accomplish anything she puts her mind to. Because it doesn't always happen for girls like her. <laughs> so I want her to win this one too, guys. Please say psych. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. No, that's that's literally yeah, tie broken. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> all right. We have done it. Raven has done it. it. Oh <laughs> my, we, we have created the best Disney pop music video, and that goes to Carrie Underwoods ever ever after from Enchanted. And as we do, at the end of every single bracket, we are going to clap it out. Uh, Raymond, thank you so much for joining us on this bracket. That was a ton of fun. You had a lot of ties to break, including crowning the winner. So we hope you had some fun and we hope that you will come back again because we know the people want you back.
2: Oh, dude, anytime. Like, totally. This was very fun. Yeah, for sure.
1: Bias, bias wins a lot on this show, but never as much as it did today. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I can lose everything ever for for the rest of this show's <laughs> life, and and I and I will deem this whole podcast project a success. Yeah, oh. so you're welcome, Kyle. Carrie Underwood is in the Mouse Madness Hall of Fame. I never <laughs> ever thought I would see the day, and I'm PRJ, so stoked.
2: CRJ one day. <laughs>
1: we're, we're working on her next. We might have to pack, pair her up with Owl City to yeah. get her there. Yeah, um, But that is for another episode Folks, thank you so much For listening to this episode Of Mouse Madness Do you have anything to say? I imagine you do uh, After hearing that result um, Do you agree with that? Do you vehemently disagree with that? Who do you have winning this bracket? Are there any music videos that we may have missed? Do you have a bracket idea? Do you want to hop on and guest host this show And uh, advance some crazy bias picks of your own? We would love to have you email us at mousemanispodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Discord. All of those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. Till next episode, folks, you'll be in our hearts.